Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. <laughs> I don't hate football, I love football, but I sometimes think football hates me after last night. I actually had a whole bit planned for how we were going to start the podcast today, but it, just, it would just feel weird if we didn't get straight into it this week, so let's just do that. Welcome to the One Football Podcast, I'm Dan Burke, and I'm joined by Champions League semi-finalist Matt Froelich, Oxford's most famous institution, Alex Mott, Hello. and a man who needs no introduction, Francesco Porzio. Ciao. So Matt, can you describe to me how you felt in that period of time between Sterling scoring and the goal being ruled out by VAR last night I would do but I had a really dodgy stream and it kind of just jumped from the goal <laughs> to the disallowed goal oh, really? um, it, I don't know I felt it quite kind of bizarre that he didn't go over to the screen for the for the final check, did he? The um the uh, referee. He not? I don't know. Yeah. Was... He went. He just um he just sort of made the signal and then just got it from his ear, which completely goes against everything I've seen mm. from VAR because it was a quicker decision. It was clear cut. Yeah, but it's offside. Yeah, yeah. But this is what I mean. It's an objective. It's not. Sometimes objective. I feel like that's the way forward with VAR because mm. I know we're going to get deep into it but the feelings was Spurs have done it again is Spursy that every every game that Spurs have ever messed up in the final minute and there's a lot came rushing back to me and then for it to not happen I mean yeah it was it was pretty noisy in my flat but, yeah. I think the neighbours went to the join now yeah. waiting for the semi-final yeah. against it was Ajax. pretty noisy in the one football office as well I, can tell you. Yeah. I was jumping around hugging people I, I felt like I'd won the lottery and then two minutes later I've been told oh actually we've made a mistake you haven't won the lottery oh and by the way your whole family have been killed in a boat accident <laughs> like it was just the, the, the highest to the lowest I've ever felt in my entire life I think but you can quite like Guardiola's video on the bench yeah, reacting yeah, yeah. and then being desperate <laughs> for in like 30 seconds somebody was saying on Twitter that it's like um, this VAR has brought like a new emotion to football that wasn't previously there like that is something that I've never experienced before in all the years mm. I've been watching there is football. an interesting quote by De Rossi actually uh, who said uh, we feel like idiots celebrating and then not yeah. celebrating and then yeah. celebrating again I'd be so it was like it's fine but we feel like idiots all the time so it was yeah. amazing drama on TV mm. I'd be interested to know how it felt in the stadium well, I know point. a lot of people who were there my, and they said it was my, awful yeah. so. my dad was there was it? he yeah. said it was delightful <laughs> but he said yeah. that, that, that part in the between he said that part in between was just manic he says no one knew what was going on and the, the thing is there's never there's never a sort of I don't know, a clear moment where you think, right, they're going to have to go to VAR because you're too busy celebrating. And then yeah. all of a sudden it pops up on the screen, you say, checking for offside, and you didn't even think about it because mm. the linesman didn't put his flag up. And then, yeah, it's just all sorts of, I don't know. I, I feel like it ruins the emotion when the result is the same as what originally occurred. If you celebrate, you check for VAR. Yeah. Then it's actually still a goal. Like with Urente's goal, you're kind of separating your celebration into two bits. Mm. And it, I, I know, think guys, it ruins but it. Yeah, we're talking about justice at the end. So imagine yeah, but, if there was no VR. Yeah, but City was going to the semi final with a clearly yeah. offside goal. Yeah. Because it was one meter, honestly. Yeah. Do we have any doubt about that? So Ooh, it was I'm not one sure meter. about a meter. It's not like his foot. Two seconds. Yeah. yeah. Probably. No, come on. No, it was. It was very no, tight. It was, it was offside. It was clearly tight. I wouldn't say. It wasn't that clear because the Lions didn't get it. No, guys, no, no. But then talking you're talking about justice, but Urente's goal was a handball. I think it wasn't. Oh, really? I think it wasn't. Yeah, I was going to come on to that. So, I mean, I didn't want to talk about VAR. <laughs> we, have to, we have to, don't we? So, the Urente one. Yeah. Okay. 
from one angle, it looks like it doesn't hit his arm. Mm. That is the angle the referee yeah, sees. Yeah, yeah. The angle the referee wasn't shown on yeah, the screen the makes it look like it behind. does hit his arm. Yeah. And there was a point when, like I first saw it and I was like, no, that's not handball. And then the sort of more you looked at it, you actually saw the skin on his arm ripple. Mm. So it hits his arm 100%. Yeah, it hits but, his arm. But the question is, is it handball or is it ball to hand? No. Well, is it just going to hit clear him and and If it doesn't hit his arm, does it, go, does it hit him and go in? Yeah, anyway? and is it clear and obvious for VAR to change yeah. the decision, I suppose? But... I don't think you can possibly give a handball there. I uh. think there's just too much doubt around it to, to disallow when, that. When call. he was going through, I, I didn't know. When he was checking it, I thought this could go either way. And either decision, I think I would have had to accept. But I mentioned it last week, we spoke of the podcast mm-hmm. about Danny Rose's handball. We, we said the ruling is that the, the Champions League referee has been told out from next season that the, the silhouette rule, they were calling it. So any action that makes your body bigger than it originally was, so outside the frame of your body, is a handball. Right. So your arm here is. Yeah. Llorente's hand is in front of his body, yeah. which doesn't make his body any bigger. I agree that you can talk about physics and impact impact of the ball the ball impacting his stomach may not lead down to his thigh so quickly and it goes in it hits his arm but by the rule you know it's still hitting his body I mean I was more annoyed that company doesn't head it away Laporte yeah, doesn't head true. it away Edison doesn't come out and grab it someone's got to do something there if, yeah you know, I mean if he's if, what four yards if you're going to let the ball come into your six yard box then you take a risk yeah, don't yeah. you yeah true um, I mean you know we've spoken about the Aguero offside uh, sorry the Sterling goal where Aguero mm. was offside um, one metre it was, it was clear cut <laughs> <laughs> wasn't one metre <laughs> do, do you think that incident perhaps exposes a bit of a flaw with the offside rule in that Ericsson made this horrible pass back mm. the fact that it touches Bernardo on the way through means that it's offside otherwise I thought it had to be an intentional pass that's why I think it, it wouldn't have been offside just because mm. it hit Ericsson yeah I think the offside law has been a joke for a while now mm. to be honest the, there used to be a rule where it was daylight between the attacker and the defender and that was offside and I don't really know why they changed that to be honest mm. they're expecting linesmen to yeah. see fractions in milliseconds and that just can't and then you go to VAR and we've seen it countless times before this season where on the computer they draw like a straight line and someone like the, mm. le- the end mm. of the leather of someone's boot is offside and they're yeah. expe- you're expecting that to be I just I just don't think I just can't it's developing that's right. uh, technology the offside yeah. VAR in the future will be 3Ds so basically they will find a way to understand with the 3D's technology that if the uh, um, striker is uh, over the line or not. So I mm. think this is like developing a lot in the, yeah. the new year, but in the next year. For the moment, it just doesn't seem sit well to, with me, to be honest. I, I just feel like it's those are the margins, though, to gain an advantage. You have to draw the line somewhere, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to, but like when you say, oh, you know, what's the name just had his foot in front. If that's all you need is a foot to get on the end of the mm. ball to score the goal that sends you through. It's like goal line technology. The whole of the ball has to cross the line. Yeah. It's not a goal. There was like one with City Liverpool in the season yeah. where it was like two millimetres or yeah. whatever. And it was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's the small advantage. So was the upside? Game. Yes. But not by a metre. <laughs> yeah, not not by a metre, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, mean, I mean, going back to the sort of emotions around that goal, the way the way it changed. A friend of mine put it right. He was at the stadium. He said that is the only time I've ever felt like putting the ball in the net feels like conceding a goal. <laughs> and it's like you mentioned that it was such a tight offside that the yeah. linesman didn't put his flag up, but they're not allowed to put the flags up anymore. Rather, they have to wait for the game to go on yeah. and see what happens. So they're Just basically exactly useless not, now. Because if they put the flag up and the referee stops the game and exactly. it's not offside, then because it's the VR like, cannot intervene even if they yeah. score because they they put the flag up. 
Is so the, that's the rule. Really? The so VR kind cannot of intervene. There, there was uh, two cases in Italy with Turin, both of them, which they, they score, but they're, uh, the assistant uh, hmm. um, um, flagged. flagged. So they said the VR cannot intervene mm-hmm. in this case and <laughs> the goal couldn't be alone. <laughs> it was goal, like both of Yeah, because then the, what the defenders just kind of stopped as soon as they see the flag. Not in that case, but that's the rule. Like that, there is the specific rule. But when the flag goes up, that's not an official ruling. The flag can go up and the ref can be like, no, you're wrong, I'm playing on. It's not until yeah. the referee's whistle. However, yeah, if the flag goes up and then the defender just goes, that's offside, I'll yeah. let him go. As I understand, they've been taught to sort of keep the flags down. To, and just well, That's what, happening also, also yeah. before VAR. Mm, yeah. There was this yeah, idea of... Assistant like to not intervene in that that but case. This this whole um, debate around the sort of fan experience with VAR mm. and how it's making people feel in the stadiums and stuff like that. What is the solution? Is the solution that we just scrap VAR and just go back to the old Get way used to and it? City go through with an offside <laughs> yeah, goal? After I would that? also say, just grow up and if a decision goes against you, get over it. I couldn't agree more. Someone, as someone who's been on the receiving end of one of these mm, decisions last yeah. night, you know, I felt that whole plethora of emotions. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if I was a Spurs fan and that goal gets given against me, I'd be fuming. So yeah. you've got to, yeah. the, the rules are the rules and you've That's, just got to get on with it. it. It's, the it's, only, it's only like, you know, I've um, celebrated goals in stadiums yeah. before and then the flag's gone up. Yeah, it's quick. It's like a split second decision that one, but it's it's the same thing. It, really, it's the same thing. Whether the referee's got a TV to look at or not, yeah, you can. I said it last week. You're gonna love it when it goes for you. You're gonna hate when it goes against you. Tells, same so thing I with the refs. Same thing with the line. VAR worked so well at the World Cup as well, didn't it? it mm. There wasn't mm. there wasn't really any contentious VAR decisions. No, all the refs, exactly. all the refs were trained properly in how to yeah. use it. I just there's obviously there needs to be something for next season where. UEFA get all the referees together and really teach them how to use it properly. The because, problem because like the Liverpool game, I know yeah. it, you know nobody really watched that, but the, the um, <laughs> Mane goal, <laughs> the Mane goal literally took about three and a half minutes to mm. make a decision, and that, I just don't think that that can't be right, can it? Even if it eventually was the right decision mm. for the fans in the stadium where they don't know what's going on, it can't be right that they're sat there. Okay, but. Is it better to stay here and talk about how VR changed football or how incorrect decisions changed a course of a Champions League tournament? I would I, say it's better to talk about the VR, honestly. But surely the game, the game is about the players and fans in stadiums rather, yeah, than, but the players, rather they, than it being like a TV spectacle, which I think is what VAR is for. I don't agree, honestly. Like, no? I think the VAR is also like to, to, to help the referees at the end. Because the referees with the TV and with all the technology that there is make a lot of mistakes without uh, But they don't technology. make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, they, they were. But they, they, they were deciding leaks. In the Premier League. Teething errors, I'd say. <laughs> well, let me beginning. tell you from personal experience, you know, City got knocked out by Liverpool in the Champions League last year. There were a few decisions that went against them that might have made a difference. I felt a lot worse about that than I did last night having been knocked out by a decision that VAR proved was fair enough. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. This is ultimately, why, if it's making even, the game fairer, you have to get the hand yeah. accepts more the, the, lo- the loss. Yeah. Because, that's why you I know, never... you say, that was wrong. But if it was a wrong decision by the referee, you would start to complain for one year about mm. that. You're so, Falona. We're so, Falona. <laughs> and we know that, so right? why? So why is Fernandinho giving it big and in the mix zone afterwards? Well, that's, yeah. that's well, just because, you know, you say we were winning and you say VAR is shit. What do you say? No, fuck VAR. Yeah. Fuck me, yeah. yeah. It's more consistent. Straight to the point. <laughs> it, it must have must have been frustrating, obviously, but 
if all the cameras have got it right. But yeah. also, we're talking do. about VAR. Mm. It's the first thing we've talked about. It was probably the best Champions League game we've yeah, ever that. seen. We're we're gonna gonna we're do you know what I mean? And that. that, I think that's what the problem is. Is and those, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. you know. Well, let, let's. There's two players I want to highlight. The first one, Matt, mm. is uh, Min Son. What a player he is. Unbelievable. It, where do you think he ranks in terms of the world's best players? Um, being honest, because he plays for Spurs, not high. Um, you know, unless you're at Barca or Madrid. So you think he's underrated, would you say? Yeah. Um, and rightly so. You know, when you look at the, the trophies that all the top players have won and, you know, Sons won pretty much nothing. I'm not overly sure to get a German expert in for the Leverkusen and Hamburg days. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure nothing, then you couldn't rank him up there. In terms of being a player on form and his ability, yeah, he's got to be in the top maybe 20. I'm honestly amazed he doesn't get linked with Barcelona. Yeah, and this is also more, very true. The, the players that do, and you never hear one word, never hear one word of Son, you know, if, if, if Real Madrid is spending 150 million on Hazard, why not 100 on Son? Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. He seems that. very happy where he is though doesn't yeah, he it's true. the same with like you know you never hear Kevin De Bruyne linked with these clubs and you never hear you know a lot of City players who are sort of seem quite happy where they are I think agents play a big part in this yeah. sometimes and yeah, sort of. I, th- I think it's a bit different when you're already at the top club though mm, like as much as I you know hate to admit it Spurs players could be picked off by City, Barcelona Real Madrid Juventus, Bayern no one's really going to go into City don't need the money first off no matter how much you offer for De Bruyne yeah. but I don't think I don't know it's interesting it's a uh, I, I definitely think he's up there because especially what he does in the absence of Kane as well. He's mm. so clinical as well. Yeah. Like the first goal last night, he literally had less than half a second to think about it. He just hit it first time. Yeah. It was brilliant. And then the second this, the oh, finish the second was, was super brilliant as well. He's sort this, of... Um, he's starting to look a bit Ronaldo-esque, I yeah. think, as well. And his, his movement, he never stops. Just the way he sort of dragged company away for to create space for Ericsson. I thought, yeah, I thought he was absolutely Yeah, he's incredibly well. quick as yeah. well. And he's going to miss the first leg of the Ajax game through suspension now, is yeah. that right? The, yeah. the, um, the, 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 uh, the commentator last night um, was talking about, oh, you know, the, the yellow cards are wiped after the game. And I was like, oh, I wonder if this means that it's just wiped, but it turns out it's not. <laughs> so yeah, he the, the first leg against Ajax, and especially because Kane won't be back either. Yeah, that'd be um, huge. That'd be massive for Spurs, but I think. Fernando Llorente... The hero on the evening <laughs> could find himself. It's funny when he came on with the the Sissoko injury. I turned to my friend I was watching it with, and I said, "To be fair, there isn't a match that Juventus hasn't played in in world football. World Cup finals with Spain, Champions League yeah. finals with Juventus, Europa League finals with." Um, Bilbao. Yeah, about yeah. he deserved that. Honestly. Yeah, like, he's is... an amazing person. Like the old sporting director of Juve said, if there was one player that I was not happy to sell mm. was Llorent. Yeah, because he's such a nice person and such a yeah. for the, for nice the, guy. For the pressure that... of that game, there isn't a match big. That, there isn't a, a game that's too big for Llorente. And it's, it's kind of odd because well, I wouldn't <laughs> pick him in my yeah you wouldn't pick him as a starter at all I wouldn't start him at Ajax because it would just completely change Spurs yeah the way Spurs game, play yeah. well but I have to say when Sissoko went off injured and he brought him on I was like oh that's an interesting change I wonder if that's going to come back to bite Pochettino yeah. on the arse and it did the complete opposite didn't it Spurs had four defenders and an 18 year old midfielder on the bench yeah. and a keeper mm. a defender sorry so it was it was quite difficult to, to choose where but and I think this going on from that this now should shut everyone up that doesn't rate Pochettino yeah oh it's unbelievable well yeah I was going to ask about that as well actually I mean he's he's got Spurs to a Champions League semi-final having made no transfers yeah he's spent 18 million in six years in total in like net net terms like they had a completely depleted squad yesterday probably their best player out Mm. 
like Dembele left in January. He was probably their best midfielder. No stadium. Yeah, the, yeah, the stadium <laughs> issue earlier on. And they're definitely going to finish in probably third. And they're in the Champions League. First European semi-final for 57 years, I think. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've said before that Man United should have gone all out for him. And I, yeah, I just think <laughs> any club would want him as their manager. To yeah, be absolutely. Yeah, it's mental. Well, the other player I wanted to highlight from the, the game last night was Raheem Sterling. Alex, how impressed have you been by his development I mean we talk about him quite a lot but he just he, I'm not afraid to admit that I was sceptical about him in his first couple of seasons at City yeah. and he surpassed my expectations I think completely. he's been the best player in the Premier League this season yeah, I think I'm he's, to that as well. he's he was brilliant last year and the only at the World Cup people were getting on him for his mm-hmm. finishing and this year he's been he's scored 23 goals mm-hmm. now already which is his best you can just tell and this is why Guardiola is such a good coach you can just tell that he's been coached properly Mm. and his weaknesses are not weaknesses or what what were weaknesses are not weaknesses anymore yeah he's finishing superb I mean should have got well nearly got a hat trick last Mm. night again his movement his pace he makes all the right decisions in the final third the way he links up with the Bruyner the way he sort of he knows what Aguero is doing at all times I just I think he's absolutely superb England are lucky to have him yeah Coming in off the the left flank as well seems to yeah. be his new his new yeah definitely. Oh and sorry, we're talking about Sterling, but De Bruyne I thought was the best player on yeah. the pitch last night. Yeah, I think he got man of the match. He looks really back sure. to his best, and yeah. it's amazing what City have done without their best player. Mm. And he really is their best player. And the the I can't remember it was the Aguero goal where touch from the first touch from De Bruyne was amazing. Mm. He sort of skipped past Wanyama, and then the outside of the foot pass into Aguero, like perfectly weighted. It was just absolutely yeah. brilliant, absolutely unbelievable. Francesco, is Pep Guardiola a failure? Having failed to deliver the Champions League to I would City. say yes, of course. <laughs> so, you know, I was waiting for this moment. Uh, I would say yes at the end. Because if you spend what he spent in the last two years, you should have got at least one once in the semi-final. And uh, a part of the VR that we discussed and everything, I think the first game against Tottenham was very poor from City. Uh, yes, yeah. it was an amazing game. Uh, not good defense, I would say, at the end. No. <laughs> uh, very poor. Um, Laporte, I think, was... Yeah, made two mistakes. Was didn't he, two terrible mistakes. That's not the fault of Guardiola, of course, but I think that City fans and all, everyone was expecting a bit more from this uh, game against Tottenham, especially the first one, because mm. if you don't play... Um, Two of the best players in the, the in the game in the quarterfinal. I mean, I would blame Guardiola actually for the first game. All, I, all, I, can, all I can think is Guardiola knows that he's going to be judged by the Champions League, and I think we've seen from that documentary and we've heard from players that he's so intense I think he overloads his players with too much information before games for big Champions League games I think in the first leg in particular they just they just didn't look right did they they didn't look like City and I think he's obviously a brilliant coach but I think he he knows that he's going to be judged by what yeah, he does but I don't like when he says and he, and he loads that onto the players yeah, I got before, that, but I don't like games. when he says uh, I'm 
my, my, my season will not be a failure after, after tomorrow, even if we lose, you know? You shouldn't say that. I mean, you should like play your best game and then say that after, you know? Why say that before? Like, you put your hands, you know? But like, he's always said like, we're not going to win the quadruple from the start. And then before the game yesterday, oh yeah, the right, press that's was, over, right? The dream is over. Yeah, forgot yeah. About but that. the press <laughs> was saying, are you going to be a f-? And I can see why he would get wound up by that. This failure, I just think this failure narrative for, for anybody is just so unfair. Yeah. Like, mm. you know, you talk about the first leg, I agree that perhaps he, he made a gamble with the first leg that didn't pay off. But if Aguero scores that penalty, it's probably a very different story. You know, Guardiola can't help Delph going missing for that goal in, in the first leg. Um, he's two centimetres away from being in the Champions League semi-final last night. The margins are just so fine at this level. And they might it's, win the Premier League with 100 points again. They will Oh, are they not? Oh, they can get 99. For like the second season, like 100 points last year, 99 this year. That's amazing. That's amazing course, consistency. But, I just, uh, yeah. I'm talking about the Champions League in this case, not the Premier League. Yeah, well, but, it's two different things. I mean, and the great Last Alex time Ferguson. it was in a final, if I'm not mistaken, was 2011. Am I right? I think so, yeah. So it's been 10 years. Almost. Hmm. No, eight years. <laughs> well, if you just to make you understand how long was it? It was the last year the Inter won a uh, trophy. Yeah. So, but the great Sir it's Alex a Ferguson, long time, yeah. you know, like if you, you you expect there is a lot of expectation with, with these managers, maybe too much, like Mourinho, Guardiola, Simeone, mm. all of them. And you expect you expect them something more, you know, not winning the league. You, win, you want City to win the Champions League with Guardiola. Um, that should be the I mean, ultimate goal of his. Yeah, it should well, it is, be. He's, he's got three more years. Have a yeah, okay, yeah. but of course. But yeah. if, if you I want mean, my, my opinion about Guardiola this <laughs> season in Champions League, I think was mm. a failure in Champions League. Hmm. I think, doesn't that mean that every single manager in European football has failed since yeah. 2015? I've determined to get this out. The great Sir Alex Ferguson <laughs> won it twice in 20 years. Yeah. And he's you not know, a failure, He's he? regarded the greatest manager of all time. If maybe if Twitter was around now, people would be calling him Sir Alex Frauderson or something. <laughs> <laughs> You've been holding on to that. <laughs> Brilliant. But it's, it's true just, though. Has anyone you know, guys, failed in the last yeah, three if years? If you ask me your opinion about Guardiola, you know what should be the answer, you know? <laughs> My answer about Guardiola. You know what I think about Guardiola. So I think he's a great manager. He's one of the top managers, probably the best manager in the world. But sometimes we tend to overrate him a little. Mm. That's but what I think. Maybe sometimes we tend to underrate him as well. Yeah. This overrated, underrated thing is just impossible to quantify. It's just no, so of ambiguous, course, isn't of it? Of course, of course, of course. Of course. Yeah. Job, the, the job of a coach as well as to win games is to make players better and he does that he makes consistently good players brilliant all the time so of course like if wherever want, he goes I want I, I would like to see him in Serie A like tomorrow not, not, yeah. not in two days tomorrow <laughs> I would like to see him in Serie A but if we ask if we say like against Tottenham guys honestly Manchester City against Tottenham who should have won Remember the podcast that we did after well, yeah, the draw? I was, agree. Everyone, we were saying like, there's no chance Tottenham can, like you against Ajax, you know? But that's even different, mm-hmm. we'll talk about later. But if you see the two teams, how is that possible they didn't go through? Yeah, well. I mean, I, I agree that if you um, concede four goals, four over the tie, three away goals, you know, you, you, yeah. you're taking your chances are there, aren't you? Mm. You're yeah. And yesterday wasn't even a bad game. I mean, yesterday City deserved to win. Mm. 
the, the thing is the first game was a disaster in my yeah opinion. the first game was it was a disaster. total disaster and you shouldn't expect that from a yeah. team like City hmm. going back to Spurs Matt Iban mm-hmm. Ansari has asked uh, can we see Spurs getting past Ajax and possibly even winning the Champions League now I, I, I said yesterday uh, actually more from an Ajax point of view it would be very funny if they managed to knock out Real Madrid, Juventus, and then go and lose <laughs> to Spurs. It would that that's honestly something I expect from Tottenham. But look, you can you can point to Ajax and say, yeah, but they knocked out Real Madrid and Juventus. But then, yeah, Man City should have knocked out Spurs. So it's a you game of know. football. I mean, know, you? you never know what's going to happen. There's you know obviously some fantastic players on show, and the romantic side of football is with Ajax for sure. Um, yeah, I don't see why they can't be Ajax. That's winning the competition. I think the the um, the final takes on a completely different dynamic. I mean, this is something that Barcelona and Liverpool are used to, and Spurs would not be used to mm. if they got there. It's completely different from a two-legged game. Um, you know, I just anything can happen, as we see last night. You could easily sit there and say, "Oh yeah, Barcelona, Spurs, Barcelona should win." You never know. But then we drew at the new camp early in the season to get through. <laughs> Spurs were 12 minutes from elimination yeah. in the home game to PSV. So there you go. Fine margins. Exactly. Uh, Anthony Lewis has written and he says, I think the City Spurs Champions League quarterfinal was the most exciting game of the season. This made me think about the most exciting matches I've ever watched and was curious if you had to pick the most thrilling match you ever watched, what would it be? Francesco. Oh I mean, I will go with a nationalist way <laughs> it will be Italy Germany 2006 the semi-final uh, yeah, that's because for, for us it was unbelievable and everyone was thinking that Germany was going to win the home World Cup and they didn't <laughs> <laughs> so from a national team perspective that of course uh, for a club uh, I already said this in the podcast before. I think Inter Barcelona 3 1 was one of the best games I remember in my life. Yeah. At San Siro. Yeah. Because it was the real Barcelona, not this one. <laughs> it was the real Barcelona of the real Guardiola. <laughs> but the I one that we should talk about later. The one that immediately sprang to mind for me was um, when Monaco beat City a few mm. years ago. When it was, yeah. was it 5 3? 5 3. No, well, City won 5 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mbappe yeah. just like completely burst onto the yeah, scene. That was amazing. That was a quality game. I was working for City that night. That was insane. <laughs> Never wow. done so much typing in my life. <laughs> I think I, I think for me, there was a, a Spurs-Chelsea game, actually. That's probably the best game I've ever seen live. It was 4 all. That was pretty nuts. Oh, well, that, oh, oh yeah. That, the old YR yeah. lane. Yeah. yeah. yeah Robbie yeah, Keane yeah. scored. Yeah, and, um, yeah. That was pretty crazy. I also think one of the maddest games I've ever seen watching on TV was City winning 4-3 at United. Was it Craig Bellamy who scored two? We lost 4-3. You lost 4-3. Yeah, Michael Owen <laughs> scored late on that one. Wait, no, hold on. Oh, yeah, sorry, you won. No, sorry, won. you lost. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. I was there, we lost. Just yeah. <laughs> ben Bellamy scored it. a few and Owen in the last minute. Yeah. I was watching that at home thinking, this is mad. Yeah, this is a 4-3 derby game. You don't have to tell us what's yours because you already know. What was that? City QPR. Yes, correct. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone else pointed out to me last night, imagine that Aguero goal had gone to VAR. Yeah. And there's a three-minute review. Yeah. And you, you, you sat there thinking, have we won the league or have we not won the league? The people would be like throwing themselves well, up. That's what the United fans were doing for three minutes yeah. before that. <laughs> they were sat in Sunderland thinking, what's going on? 
Anyway, there are three other games that I suppose we have to talk about this week, <laughs> yeah. so oh. we'll, uh, we'll crack on with them, shall we? Um, Juventus. I mean, I thought this was perhaps going to be the story of the week. Dumped out by the hands of Ajax. Um, what's the reaction been like this, been to this in uh, Italy? Surprised, of course, because after Juventus beating Atletico for 3-0 one month ago, everyone was thinking that should be... At the end, an easy win for Juve. Uh, of course, Ajax played an amazing football in Amsterdam, but everyone was thinking that at home is going to be different. And it wasn't because Ajax played one of the best games that I remember in the football mm. that since I'm, I watch football. Honestly, like the way they play for me, it's something unbelievable, and we will remember this Ajax for ages. I, I tweeted about that, and I'm going to repeat here, ready to be insulted by you and uh, uh, listeners. I tweeted that compared to this Ajax, Barcelona under Guardiola, Tiki Taka was boring. And I, I still think so, honestly. Bit the of recency bias that, creeping in yeah. there, I would say. But yeah. What, sorry? Bit of recency bias creeping in, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and the difference is, of course, that that Barcelona was playing that football for four to six years. Mm. So that's completely different. <laughs> but the way they, I was at home screaming, seeing what like the passes they were doing, the the way they were playing against Juventus, one of the best teams in the world. They couldn't care less about who was <laughs> against them. You know, they could mm. play the same way against Barcelona, uh, Manchester City, uh, United. Uh, they play like this against Real Madrid, against Juve. These guys are amazing, and it's been it's be, will be a pity that we are not gonna be we're not gonna be um, seeing the yes, next that's year the because biggest, they're just the young will be gone, yeah. the league will be gone. Probably Van den Beek would be long gone. Tamia Fico, yeah. Neres probably. Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah. all of them are going to be basically, gone. Basically, yeah. 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 But we will remember this year as the year of Ajax for yeah. sure. Even if they they going to don't go to the final. I mean, they won against Juventus and Real Madrid and the way they played. Yeah, the way. And it's that's just the way, And also how young they are. Like, yeah. Delict is nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah. You saw it's the interview. It's just the interview after yeah. game. Like he talks like. I don't know Javier Zanetti when he was 40 (laughs) (laughs) the same way like he's very he knows what he's what he's saying like he he's very how do you say um, mature mature yeah and he also the way he plays Mm. like did you guys see Cristiano Ronaldo on Tuesday? Yeah. <laughs> a part of the, the goal yeah, on the yeah. corner? He was very quiet. You're not really it? filling me with confidence for the semi-final. Well, <laughs> yeah. thing, I, before last night's game, I was thinking, if City go through, I would probably rather play Juve in the semi than Ajax because the, uh, they're ridiculous. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're as good as anyone. I, I, I don't agree with... I mean, of course, from your perspective, or from a Juve perspective, I was I, when I was watching the game, I was thinking, if they go through this, Juventus is going to win the Champions League, 100%. Because you, the way Ajax plays is the, I mean, is the only way teams like City, Juventus will be uh, will be in danger, you know, mm-hmm. the defense. Because they, these guys, like the the verticality they play, like they do one passes, they run. It's do I don't know how to describe it. Even do you like, think like Monaco a few years ago that they're going to run out of steam at the semi-finals? Though I don't know. What do you but think? But then Monaco faced Juventus didn't they in that semi-final and that was a Juventus who were like full of 
like veterans who sort of knew how to get the better of them. I, d- I don't know if the, I, I, I don't know if Tottenham are like that Juventus I, team now who can sort of physically dominate Ajax, who have that sort of Juventus, big game. Juventus was supposed to dominate. Well, yeah, but this Juventus is a different Juventus to what it was three years ago, isn't it? No, yeah, of course. Uh, all those def- all those veteran defenders are three years older. You know. Let's say that also Juventus was missing. I would say two players. One is Kellini, which is huge for for Juventus, of course. And he, he missed both legs. And also he missed, they missed Mandzukic in the yeah, second they leg, which is a lot. very important for Juve. But also, which is another miss that it's probably forgotten, like Juventus decided to sold Benatia in January, which is the replacement for Kellini, basically, mm-hmm. without replacing him. And that was a huge mistake for me by Juventus because you saw that Rugani. Yeah, he didn't. It's look not good, at the level. He? Like no, he does. He's, right, he's not very good at coming out from the back and sort of starting players. He's Bonucci. You know. Let's say, let's put it this way. Bonucci is a great um, defender, but more than anything, is a playmaker at the end. Bonucci is the first midfielder in defense. You know, so you need uh, next to him someone that is very strong physically that can. Um, overcome the, also the mistakes that Bonucci makes and Rugani is not that kind of uh, player while Chiellini is and Benatia was mm-hmm. so like selling a player like Benatia in January I think was a very very bad decision that had a huge influence in the oh, well, in I the wanted year. to ask you Francesco yeah go on are Juve like suffering from PSG-itis where the league I think, is I think PSG, so far ahead I think, in the league. Uh, is the real round. I think PSG is suffering <laughs> Juventus. <laughs> Juventus, I think, is one of the teams that lost more finals in the Champions League history. Uh, they, a part of that, they know they have to win the Champions League now. Uh, we, we already talked about that in the podcast before that they have three years, which is probably going to be two. Because the end of the cycle will be next year when Cristiano Ronaldo is probably going to leave Juventus. Mm-hmm. They bought Cristiano Ronaldo just to win the Champions League. That's it. Because they're going to win the Serie A in the next mm. 10 years if they want. But isn't so, that the problem though? Like PSG, that they're going to keep winning Liga and they're going to keep winning Serie A and there's no test, real test. And when they get to the biggest Champions oh, League in games, that way you mean, they're always undercooked. They're not used to the pressure. They're not used to the proper pressure. I think, I mean, I think this Ajax thing isolate everything. Yeah. We are, I mean, I would say that if they were, were going out against yeah, like, Atletico yeah, or Manchester City yeah. in the semi-final. Yeah. But this Ajax, like, how can you stop these guys? The way they play, honestly. But like, on the flip side, they hardly face any opposition week in, week out. That's true, but... They, they, they don't get you there. <laughs> <laughs> they play. They, they, they are so fast that you, that you cannot yeah. even think when uh, when they are playing their football. You know, mm. I think there was a in the second half there was a, like five or ten minutes that Juve didn't know what to do. Mm. Didn't really. And Allegri tried to put Emre Can in defense. You know, like they did against Atletico. Didn't work out. I, I think Ajax are massively benefiting from playing favorites from playing big teams who attack. I'd like to see them against a sort of more defensive team because the, the pressure on Real Madrid and Juventus to go out and attack, especially in the home no, games. True. Now, now they have pressure. That's the, 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 the space is incredible and Ajax can do their football. And I think I've seen in the last few years, there seems to be a, a trend in almost a bravery of away teams. The amount of away shocks I've seen Unbelievable. I mean, Monaco especially were incredible that season. Mm. That, that it's not so much, you know what, I'm just going to sit back and defend and then just sort of wait for the home leg. 
Aside from Guardiola, the first they got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I've seen some real, real sort of bravery yeah, from away didn't sides. wait for Juve in the second half, especially. Yeah, Juve didn't cross the midfield for like two one flattered Juve on but the this night. Is what, yeah, it could have been four or five. It easy. was brave from and then, my no, they scored the three one, the the third goal, but they they disallowed. They yeah, disallowed. Yeah. So was ruining football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was an amazing goal, by the way. Alessandro Del Piero had a good quote about Ajax. He said, "What impresses me most isn't the work rate or technical ability, both of which are exceptional." It's the way they fill the pitch, their understanding of space and time, their tactical nous, all at such a young age. Mm. And that's that's credit also to the manager mm. because this, we know that who puts the player in the space in the field of the manager at the end. Mm. So I think that they are very very smart players, especially the young and the leaked and uh, but all of them. Like but two, the two of them, of course, are the best ones. But. Ten Hag, I think, is doing an amazing job. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was going to ask about him. Is he the next, the next big manager in Europe? Are we, are we looking at the? The, the next problem about this manager is that because I remember that. Frank De Boer was a great manager well, people thought that about Peter Bosch didn't they when they got <laughs> exactly, to the exactly. final in Ajax there is this problem because they have the system that starts from the academy yeah. which is mm. very comparable to Barcelona at the end uh, so like there is a system that you know makes the player growth in a sense and then they explode in the first team when they have the possibility to do that yeah. but the manager probably in this case I think has a huge impact and it's not a coincidence that he trained the second team of Bayern Munich when Guardiola was playing mm. there because at yeah. the end it's very similar the way Guardiola plays and the way Tenag plays I think yeah. so he was yeah, a, look similar he was youth coach at Ajax <laughs> as well yeah, yeah 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 I think Ajax also 20 he coached yeah and then uh, he went to Munich and the thing is that that's what Ajax do they bring through these kind of players that are incredibly intelligent and I guess they're in a good mix I think they're a perfect mix of young and a few older heads in there as well mm-hmm. Uh, we spoke a lot about Frankie de Jong, uh, Matisse de Ligt mm. this, this season. Um, one name he wasn't cropped up very much is Donny van der Beek, the brilliantly named Donny van der Beek. <laughs> um, Alex, were you uh, particularly impressed by I him? I thought he was absolutely superb. Mm. I can't say I've watched Ajax every week. I've only really seen him in the Champions <laughs> League this season. But he <laughs> I, has I been seriously, seriously <laughs> impressive. The way, like... That, like that quote from Del Piero just the way he fills space on the pitch just so intelligent he can pick mm. passes obviously it helps when you've got people like Ziyech and you know um, De Jong next to you but yeah he was absolutely superb on Tuesday night and he he just completely bossed the Juventus midfield didn't mm-hmm. he? it would be interesting is, to see how these players perform somewhere else yeah because De Jong honestly I have no doubt he would be amazing also in Barcelona the league no doubt I think Van den Becken is, is an example of that kind of players that will need a little maybe two three years more like stay at Ajax and then go into another team mm. well, you look I don't know the, like like the Europa League team from two years ago yeah exactly someone like Davy Klassen who was brilliant for the mm. Ajax team went to Everton and really struggled so yeah it'd be interesting to see what yeah. happens afterwards depends on the league where they go yeah that's yeah. yeah, I think uh, Duncan Alexander wins the award for stat of the week he said from 2007 onwards Cristiano Ronaldo has reached the Champions League semi-finals in every year except ones in which a Toy Story film has been released uh, how about <laughs> that good stat not, bizarre. not a coincidence uh, Jonathan Hales has been on the emails he says am I the only one that experiences a happy feeling of schadenfreude watching Ronaldo lose uh, something he thought was in the bag no you're not the only one <laughs> no, definitely not <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with that yeah, me neither. I don't want to. Raise I it. think Juventus are uh, they're up there or down there with PSG and Real Madrid for me now. I really. What's your most hated? As most hated clubs in really? Europe. Yeah. 
I don't I, see them I, as, I a, I don't see you, them as a threat. Cristiano Ronaldo in that case, like, I, I don't hate Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, there is something that I, I like him, so... But it's funny to see him struggle, isn't it? Come on. Yeah, it's funny to see Messi. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, I'm not jumping on board with <laughs> no, Alex no, I'm not jumping on board. No, so, I am I team agree, Cristiano. I'm, stay with Matt, I'm with you, Alex. Yeah. All, all the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Federico Bernadeschi said after the game that Juventus will win the Champions League within two years. Is he right? That's what I said before, because mm. the, or even from this quote, you understand that even the players know that a cycle is mm. ending, in, if not next year, in the year after. What's expiring? Which contract is expiring in 2021? Cristiano Ronaldo. So even the players know that this is going to be the two years that they have to win the Champions League. Is that mm. to do with Allegri as well? Allegri going. Allegri, I, I okay. If Juve was going to win the Champions League this year, Allegri and Cristiano Ronaldo think they could leave him in this summer. But since they didn't, uh, Allegri said that he will stay at Juventus. Yeah. And President Agnelli confirmed that he will stay at Juventus. In Italy, they are still saying that Conte might be appointed a Juventus manager anyways. I don't see how that can be possible. Yeah, well, I, was, I mean, mm. the problem of Conte when he left Juventus, if you guys remember, was that he was very inconsistent in Champions League and very good mm. in Serie A. And also he walked and out on them with like two days into pre-season. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but yeah, that's true. But so also, would, would they yeah. take him back? Yeah, but these things in football change, you know, even Montella was hated by the property of Fiorentina and then he came back yeah. and said there's yeah. nothing, there's no problem. So uh, I think, uh, the problem of Conte was the Champions League and how can you bring back a manager that his problem was winning not only the Champions League but going through the group stages of course now there is a different team Conte changed it a lot even he made a lot of experiences but I will stay I will say that Allegri stays another season and then even if they don't win next season they will try the last shot with <laughs> some other manager and so Allegri's been a failure at Juventus is, is what we're saying. If Guardiola's been a failure at Sevilla. <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Frauds everywhere, man. Frauds. Uh, I mean, not in general. I think that this year for Juventus yeah. is not satisfying because you won the league. Wow. What a shock. <laughs> you go out against Atalanta in Coppa Italia and then they went out against Ajax, which are two very similar teams if you compare mm. them, Ajax and Atalanta. Uh, the way they play and uh, also the spirit they have, you know. And uh, so I think that for Juve this year cannot be considered as a success. And you know why I, uh, I say that? Because both the manager and the president after the defeat against Ajax said this, this year has been amazing, was one of the best years of Juventus. And when, when they say this, <laughs> it means that the season was not that good. <laughs> because otherwise you don't have to say yeah. that. Sort of the dreaded vote of confidence. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of frauds, uh, yeah. elsewhere on Tuesday night, Manchester United were beaten 3-0 <laughs> by Barcelona. Mm. Uh, my first question about this is um, the opening 10 minutes bit worrying from Barcelona's point of view you know they got carved open a couple yeah, of times they're playing Liverpool in the semi-final mm. should they be concerned about that Matt do you think um, not overly I, I would, would say I'd say in, a, in, the, in the span of a 180 minute game you're not going to be able to dominate the whole two legs yes it was worrying if you take the perspective of you know oh you've had a bad spell 
you know, in the opening 10 minutes of a game, you could be a few goals down. Um, but I think more of it has come from the fact if, if this happened between the 53rd and 63rd minute, it wouldn't be such a big deal. And I think in the, over the course of a tie, as you spoke about before, if that's a one-off game, yes. But in the course of a two-game tie, if they'd have conceded a goal, I still think they would have won 3-1. Mm. I would be worried personally if yeah. I was Barcelona. I don't think, it's certainly not a vintage Barcelona team, mm. is it? And that back line, Semedo, Piquet, Longley and Alba wouldn't but the centre-backs especially I think that Liverpool's attack can certainly get out of them mm-hmm. um, for me I think Liverpool are favourites by yeah by I was going to ask you that, yeah. by quite not a, quite a distance obviously because of Messi exactly. but, I think, thing, but because... I think yeah obviously Messi but I think all over the pitch I think Liverpool can dominate them in midfield I think Liverpool's attack can dominate Barcelona's defence it's just how do well then I suppose this is the real test of Van Dijk isn't it if he's uh, mm. if he really is the Very best centre back in the world mm. then... I think when, when there are these aliens like Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo Messi we have to think okay put Messi out of the field who's better between Barcelona and Liverpool. They would say Liverpool. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I'd say that even with him on the if field. If Messi is not in a good night, like happened last year with Roma. And he didn't play well at Old Trafford, did he, Messi? Didn't have a good game. Exactly. In, so, in the like, finals, there is a possibility so. that he cannot be in the Champions League night. But if he is, yeah, then but Liverpool, there's <laughs> no chance they can go through. I, I always think this, though, but again, I always relate it back to a two game. It doesn't matter if he's having an off night. But against he was Roma, terrible. Have, yeah, he was okay. terrible at Old Trafford, but it doesn't matter because he turned it on second leg. This is the difference between a two-legged game mm, and a single yeah. game. If you catch him on an off game in the final, brilliant. You catch him playing twice poorly, it's very unlikely. Yeah. And he rarely plays plays poorly twice. Exactly. Yeah. So like twice in a row, I, just... I mean, he did it last year against Roma. Why not do it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they were brilliant first leg. It was four-one to Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. If, if, don't get me it's wrong. True. No one's exempt from a bad game or a bad period, but I just can't see over two legs. But I think I, and the second leg's at Anfield, isn't it? Yes. So that yeah that. Oh, okay. That, that, that changes things a little Suarez bit. Back yeah, in Anfield. back Anfield. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, well, Messi scored a great uh, goal to open the scoring at Camp Nou. Um, second goal the wasn't gear. so great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, horrific blunder from David De Gea. Um, where is he in terms of the world's best goalkeepers at this moment in time, do you think? I don't... Well, I certainly don't think he's the world's best goalkeeper. I, but he is not helped by his defence, which doesn't... They, they don't do him any favours, mm. put it that way. He's... Um, He's a good shot stopper, obviously, bar, barring that mistake <laughs> on Tuesday. But bit, but goalkeepers at proper elite clubs have a different job to what De Gea has this season. Yeah, where they don't they don't save eight shots a game. They say they have to save one. Yeah, that's true. So he's good at what he does at the moment, but I I just don't think he's like yeah truly yeah. elite. I think the think is in the top three. Top oh, three. So who's yeah. the best? Oblak? I think Oblak. Yeah, Oblak yeah. is the best one. I'd say Oblak, yeah. I would say... To Stegen's better for me as well. Mm. Yeah, and very... There, we should we should we forget a lot about Chesney at the end, like Chesney. Oh, come on, I think Allison's guys. Up there have as you well. seen Chesney's save last against the Ajax? Yeah, he's a good. He yeah, is a good he's goalkeeper. a top goalkeeper, but bloody hell! Yeah. I don't think if he was that good, Arsenal was stupid letting him go. I he's, think he he can stay in the top five easily, Chesney. Wow. And 
longer. This is a yeah. This is, this is a turn up for <laughs> because you guys watch too much Premier League. You watch more Serie A guys. Chesney was playing Premier League five years ago, like, the, and he was dreadful. I know. I know. The, the thing is, I was Alex makes a great point with the defense. I'm always skeptical over the leagues. The goalkeeper who plays in the league's best team and with the best defense. Allison's a perfect example. If the 18 clean sheets this season in the Premier League, he has a, he has a big thank you to give to Virgil Van Dijk mm-hmm. if Liverpool win the league. But what you could sometimes yeah, say about Roma those was a disaster on the defense of Roma and yeah. made amazing. But saves. that doesn't make him a bad goalkeeper, does it? That and makes what, him good at his yeah. specific. What, job. Yeah, and what you should some say about those goalkeepers. The same with Edison at City is that they have so little to do that it's exactly. about concentration. Mm. And when they do make those saves, it's that is impressive. I think honestly, so, my, uh, maybe I'm the only one, but I think it's more difficult to be a goalkeeper in a big team in a medium or low, or low mm. and that's why I don't think De Gea is top three because he doesn't have to do that he, I mean he's because, it's hard, because it's harder to make that one save yeah, yeah, in the yeah. 89th minute when you've had nothing to do than it is to make I was just throwing eight. some different names yeah yeah by the way Joe Hart is still the best <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. I'd say, statistically are we forgetting about Buffon and Donnarumma like Italian goalkeepers are the best in the world statistically Neil Etheridge at Cardiff most really, saves yeah. in the Premier League this season. I th- oh no, sorry, Lucas Fabianski, then Neil Etheridge. Oh, fair play. But yeah, again, they're two poor teams. Yeah. So yeah, the only thing we're all sure world. about is that he's not an Arsenal goalkeeper. Yeah. That's why <laughs> not yet, not yet. Uh, Alex, you were sceptical about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's <laughs> appointment on the podcast a few weeks ago. I guess you can't have seen very much in the last few weeks to well, change your mind. Well, I hate really. to say I told you so to everyone <laughs> that got in touch with me after I told them that they were, he wasn't going to be a good appointment, but I told you so. Um, I just... Obviously, the start was amazing. What, 15 wins out of 19 games or whatever it was. But just being not Jose Mourinho was never going to cut it in the long run or even the medium run. And it's proving so at the moment. It's just... Mm. um, I don't know. It's just not there tactically. I'm sure he's a great man manager and he obviously is. The players want to play for him. But you've got to be better than that if you want to manage at the absolute elite level. And he just... He looks so out of his depth. And he's, and he is just becoming a self parody, isn't mm. he? Like well, you must have seen that story about the parking space at Carrington. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, this is not a direct quote from him or anything. It was sort of sources at the training ground said mm. that he'd uh, refused to park in the manager's space at the <laughs> training ground because that belongs to Sir Alex Ferguson. And it's like, is that the sort of character that United Jesus. need to sort of take them I forward? mean, it's just. Um, yeah, like I said, he's just becoming a parody of himself. Mm. And, and I actually, a mate of mine was at the West Ham press, the post West Ham press conference, and the questions turned to the Barcelona game. And he obviously mentioned 1999 yeah. the treble. And apparently there was an audible groan yeah. in the press conference <laughs> from the journalists. So that he's sort of walking that line and he's going over that line now, I think. There was a great thing on the BBC website the other day as well, where it was sort of quotes from Solskjaer saying to be honest I don't really think about that 1999 very much and in, in the middle of the quotes was a link to Solskjaer saying I must have watched that game a million times <laughs> <laughs> but like who obviously Man United need a massive rebuilding mm. job in the summer for the fourth year out of six they're not going to be in the Champions League who is going to want to go to Man United because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is, a, Solskjaer is their manager but, but, but I, that, don't, I don't think like that's what we talk about Guardiola being so amazing because people want to go and play for him Guardiola out of the Champions League could win maybe a domestic double if they lose the Premier League you're still going to want to go you're still going to want to go and play under Guardiola I just yeah it, just, it was a completely knee jerk decision I, the, to the point the, in, the thing I mean. is I think 
on the flip side for Manchester United, they couldn't have not hired him. No, they could, but why did they wait until the end of the season? Why I, didn't they wait? Until yeah, the end I mean, of the this season? is true. But when when the, you know when people are calling, you know, saying you need to sort this out ahead of the summer. Um, you need to make a managerial appointment. Solskjaer had all the cards. You know, he walked in there with a 15 wins out of 19 record. But they didn't have to impo- uh, like say it. Say the one, yeah. Did they? I, I, so. I feel like the, the whole former players thinking they could be managers is, I think, growing less and less important because it's such a vastly different role. And him harking back to 99 just proves that. I mean, no one cares what you did back then. Mm. Like, as, as a player to manage, just so, so different. And you can't channel energies and spirits and, you know, say, come on, boys, and that kind of stuff. It's I just, think, it's I just think noise. You, I think you can, but you also have to back it up with proper tactics and proper but preparation. This, this, is, so you, you this can, is clearly what he's not. You well. can do it for a while, yeah. but when you get to the quarterfinals of yeah. European's biggest club competition, right, and you're coming up against tactical geniuses and brilliant managers, you can't go, come on, boys, let's see some of that spirit. You remember watching me on TV. I think if, you if need we're going to, like, oh, I don't want it to be a complete Man United bashing. If mm. you want it... No, that's fine. If you, <laughs> if you want to do a positive spin on it, it's better that this run is happening now rather than the start of next season. Because if it if they went on an amazing winning run until the end of the season, say they finished fourth or whatever... They, Edward Wood and the people behind the scenes wouldn't have realised quite how bad the squad is and they probably maybe would have bought one or two players for 80 million or whatever mm. and then they, the squad would have been the same as it is yeah. now and then and then it would have you know they'd be 12 months yeah. behind they are, already are but the, big, the biggest signing for them needs to be a director of football why it hasn't happened already God mm. only knows but they need someone in to have a structure <laughs> to have a proper plan because at the moment it just looks like like Alexis Sanchez is a perfect example. They bought him because Man City wanted him. And that's it. And it's just, things are happening on a whim. Like Fred, mm. it cost him, cost 60 million. I mean, that's just ridiculous money for someone who's been so bad. I just, yeah. there needs to be a proper structure in place. Otherwise they're going to keep on bumbling along, pretending like they're the biggest club in the world. Mm. And just, you know, finishing six. Do you think they'll be considering Solskjaer already this summer? I don't mean they'll, no, they'll give him at least another season. But they can't, they just, financially, mm. they can't not be in the Champions League for an extended period. They've, they, it happened for three years and they just about got away with it. But they, they can't keep happening. Otherwise, they're just going to turn into what Liverpool were in the sort of mid 90s, living on past glories all the time. Yeah, but as you yeah. said, like, I think managers are not magi- magicians, you know, that they arrive, you know, Mourinho arrive and go to the Champions League where they arrive because the Champions League, they need a structure beyond. I mean, yeah. Manchester City is working because there is a clear structure and the team is built because there was an idea behind that. Manchester United, there is no that. Well, you look, you look like Chelsea also, I don't see like no, Chelsea don't. project or idea. Liverpool waited six months to sign Van Dyke. He was their one target. Exactly. They, they paid 75 million. They waited, they got him, and now he's brilliant. Look at Chelsea also. Like they bought Higuain, Higuain will not stay next season. <laughs> they bought they, now they don't know if Sarri stays or not. The ban of the transfer market, they don't know anything. Well, you look, you look at we we mentioned it before, but that Europa League final in 2016, Ajax against Man mm. United. Look at where Ajax are, and look at where Man United yeah. are two mm. three All years later. Spent in that time, yeah. Ajax, their squad. No, sorry, their starting eleven against Juventus cost less than Fred. 
and now they're in the Champions League semi-final. Mm-hmm. And, that, well, and that's because Ajax have got a proper structure. They've got Overmars behind the scenes. They've got Edwin van der Sar. They've got a proper mm. academy. They, they don't mind spending a bit of money, which they did on Tadic. You know, 18 million is a lot for Ajax. Yeah. But they knew they wanted that player because there was a gap in their squad. He was the man they wanted. Same with Daily Blind. Again, went to the Premier League, probably on more wage money than a lot of the other Ajax players. But they brought him in because they knew they needed experience. It was just a joined up thinking, which is absolutely not what is happening at Man United. Mm. Well, four of United's back five against Barcelona started when they were knocked out in the group stage by Basel eight years ago. <laughs> Phil Jones is still starting That's Champions League quarterfinals for them. It's ridiculous. They should be embarrassed yeah. by that. Ed yeah. Woodward, those people, it is a disgrace. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's not Ashley Young's <laughs> fault that he's a winger playing at left back at the new camp. Mm. But it's just indicative like we said just indicative of what we've been talking about they've the squad has just been left a rot really hasn't it yeah. those i honestly would say that bar de gea and rashford man united could sell every one of their players and it would and replace pogba. it yeah i would i would i would sell pogba really if they can get 150 million for him i yeah. don't see why he wouldn't because he's not I mean, he's good for six out of 10 games. No, probably not even that. But if you're playing at Man United in the centre of midfield and you give it the big one like he has, you need to be good at eight out of 10 games. I saw not, a, is it? a funny tweet uh, yesterday of, it was like a picture of Pogba looking annoyed during the game. And it was like that feeling when you can't blame Mourinho anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jose, guys. You destroy him at the end. But he will be back. He'll he will be, be back, back and yeah. I'll be back supporting him. It's uh, a promise. Solskjaer back to Barcelona to win the Champions League after the game. Will they? Um, I mean, we didn't see the Porto-Liverpool game. If you ask me, I think Liverpool have got to be considered the favourites from this point. Point now, I yeah, well, I think they'll beat Barcelona. Porto didn't, didn't deserve to go through the quarter final, honestly. So it wasn't very surprising that they lost 4 1 yesterday. Well, I think mm. Liverpool beat Barcelona, and yeah, I think Liverpool, yeah, they're probably the best team in it. Yeah, so what so, do you yeah. say? The final final of Champions League, I'm going, I'm going Liverpool Spurs. Wow, then go. Champions League final, yeah, Liverpool Ajax for me, Clive. <laughs> You, what do you say? <laughs> Ooh, I'm going Barcelona Spurs. And going, not because you all, no one said that, but I would say Ajax Barcelona, the game of Jon Cruyff. Yeah, that'd be good. That would I be would nice. Love that to yeah, that yeah. would be nice. I really, I really hope. I think there isn't a football fan who wouldn't love that. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> Apart from a few Liverpool fans, obviously. <laughs> and then, of course, everyone supporting Ajax in yeah. the final. <laughs> Whoever they play. And everyone will just pass it around and it'll be nil nil. The most pure game of football you've ever seen. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Uh, well, we're rapidly running out of time on this Champions League special podcast. Uh, we're going to finish with a question from a listener. Um, as ever, if you want to get your questions into us, as many people have done this week, uh, the email address is podcast at onefootball.com. Stephen Scott has sent in a range of quick fire questions and I've, I've picked Ooh. a few of them out for you. So, just one one answer from each of you. Virgil van Dijk or Matisse de Ligt? Van Dijk. Oh, sorry. Well, you said <laughs> Van Dijk. Van Dijk. He's better. I yeah. say van, now Van Dijk. Two, yeah. three years. No, I asked for one. one van Dijk. Yeah. Never, van Dijk. Never mind. Okay, sorry. Van Dijk. Van Dijk, van Dijk is the answer. All right. All right. Yeah. Firmino or Aguero? Aguero. Aguero. No, I don't say it. Don't say it. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Alison, Alison or Edison? Alison. Alison. Edison. Edison. Yeah, of course. Nice. Edison, definitely. Yeah. Harry Kane or Mo Salah? Mo Salah. <laughs> Harry Kane. Yeah, Harry Kane. I would say Mo Salah, personally. 
Huh. Neymar or Mbappe? It's obvious one. Ah, that's it? come on, eh? Mbappe. Whoever says Neymar, get out. <laughs> We're all saying Mbappe for that one. Ooh. All right, okay. <laughs> I think Neymar's more you talented. Neymar? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Get ne- out. Ne- <laughs> Neymar's the second most talented player in the world for me. Who was the first one? No. Messi. So you think Neymar is better than Cristiano yeah. Ronaldo? Talent-wise. Right, guys. Talent-wise. <laughs> I mean, obviously in terms of trophies and goals and whatever, but the stuff that Neymar can do with a football... Next question, please. Ronaldo. You've insulted Cristiano's biggest fan. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Cristiano Ronaldo's better at sticking the ball in the back of the net. But Neymar, yeah. I mean, Mbappe's going to be the best in the world for me, though, so... This one could be interesting. Jaden Sancho or Moise Keane? Ooh, San- Sancho. Sancho's got more, more in his CV I mean, than Keane does. Completely two different uh, roles. Didn't yeah. ask for any... All right, but... All right, I, I compare Buffon and Totti. I say, yeah. I say Totti, you know, but... Okay, I would say... Sancho. 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 Premier League or La Liga? Premier League. Premier League. Premier League. Sorry, yeah? No? No, you said Premier <laughs> League. <laughs> and the last one, this is a genuine question, Ian McCourt or Dan Burke? <laughs> <laughs> Don't answer that. <laughs> the, the answer is obviously neither. <laughs> and I'm on that bombshell, I think we'll, we'll leave it there. Um, so yeah, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you to my guests, Alex, Francesco and Matt. Thank you to you for listening at home. We'll be back next week and we'll see you then.